Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, everybody. It's Lainey. Thanks for joining us again. And I just want to tell you how special this episode is because we have the one and only Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Um, and you, everyone knows and loves her. But for those who do not, I'm going to give a little intro. Susan is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author whose books have found enthusiastic fans all over the world, and she's the only four-time recipient of the Romance Writers of America's prestigious Favorite Book of the Year Award and a recipient of their Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, and those are just a, a few of her accomplishments. I could go on for a while. Um, but this is after a four-year hiatus. We're so excited because her new book, Dance Away With Me, comes June 9th. And as everyone here should know it was a library reads hall of fame pick it put you into the hall of fame so hi susan and congratulations hi there laney thank you so much it was a real real honor and you know i love librarians so talking to them is always such a pleasure we're so excited to have you and it's just it's such a cool event to have you on and this is going to be even cooler event and I will let you tell everybody why, but I just want to introduce you first and tell them that your book, Dance Away With Me, will be available June 9th. And um, again, it's such a privilege that you're on here speaking with us, and we can't wait to hear this conversation. So who, who are you going to be talking to, Susan? Oh, well, guess what? I've decided lately I've been doing a lot of interviews, and I've gotten kind of tired of talking about myself. And I've discovered that readers, librarians, everyone is very interested in book editors. So I talked to my dear editor, Carrie Farron, and I said, come on, do this with me so I can ask you all the questions that I've been uh, holding on to for 20 some years. So I'd like to introduce my guest. This is Senior Vice President and Executive Editor at William Morrow and Avon Books, my longtime editor and friend, Carrie Farron. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Susan. So nice to be here. It is. And you're huddled up in New York State and I'm huddled up in California. Uh, when I, I, I just want you to know that I did put on makeup. I know it's a podcast, <laughs> but I felt like, it, you know, it was disrespectful not to put on makeup. Did you do it? Um, no comment. <laughs> oh, I got you right away. This is perfect. <laughs> so one of my favorite questions to ask readers and editors is, were you always a reader from the time you were a child? Yes, of course I was always a reader. In fact, I remember being really small and looking at a book and being so frustrated I couldn't figure out the words. Oh, what are the, like some of the early books that you remember falling in love with? Let's say when you were in grade school. 
in grade school, I love this book called Upper Road Slowly. And I I was a huge fan of Jane Eyre, which I first read in a children's condensed version when I was in bed with pneumonia. And then I read the adult version, I guess you could say. And um, and I just love that book and I love it to this day. Oh. Then when did your reading kind of transition? Probably around the time, before the time you went into high school. What are the books that you remember With me, it was always the boxcar children. I loved the fantasy when I was very young of these of these plucky little children being able to survive without their parents. But my reading did change around junior high age, high school age, quite a bit. What happened with you? Um, I think that you're hinting. Did I start reading romance in high school or junior high? And the answer is yes. Um, yes, I did. And in fact, um, there was an explosion of romance at the time that I was in high school, these big fat Avon books. I read people like Kathleen Woodowis, who later on I went to edit, which is really kind of a dream come true. Yes. And, um, but I mean, I always read a lot of different things. I was always interested in kind of books that lifted a veil on on a different world and and that's still what I'm interested in today whether it's mystery romance mainstream even nonfiction. yeah you just read a book about um the big flu pandemic in the 19 early 1900s didn't you well yes I just read the great influenza but I found that to have so many facts and it was really wonderful but I was more interested in the people who um, were in the pandemic. So I'm almost finished with Pale Rider, which which I'm really liking too. You really read widely. I was very aware of that early on. Would you talk a little bit about what it's like coming up through the editorial ranks to where you are now? I mean, you're pretty much on the pinnacle. in terms of your editorial career and how far an editor can go. How, how did that all play out for you? You know, honestly, my first job in publishing, I worked in a different department called subsidiary rights and in children's books. And I realized I just didn't have the knack for children's books. And I luckily was able um, to transition into mass market paperbacks and um, work with a, a startup company And that's really where I learned how to become a real editor because those books needed my help. Um, Most of the people had never been published before. And I was publishing, believe it or not, five books a month. You know, I put my 10,000 hours in. And then um, when that job ended, um, I actually worked in category romance at Love Swept for a few years and was able to work with amazing people like Sandra Brown and... Barbara Boswell, and oh my goodness, so many. That Love Swept line was really a great line. I remember that line. Yeah, I just did that for a year, and I had never read category romance or series romance growing up, but it was pretty fascinating. And Susan, I think your book started coming out around the same time I was over there because I feel like that's when I was first aware of Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Hmm. That would have been, my first one was published. That was the one uh, that was written in collaboration, early historical romance that's out of print. That was in 1982. 
Um, so it might have been a-, a little bit later than that. Litter Baby was the first book of yours that I I read. Oh. Um, but as we know, I've read every single book since what twenty six <laughs> years ago. Twenty six years ago this month, Susan, I became your editor. I can't believe that. It it's just we were children. Well, you were a right. child. We were, and I remember because of timing and things that had happened internally at Avon Books, I had sort of three books fairly close together, which was unusual for me. And you're the one who really vaulted my career because you scheduled those three books pretty close together, which is really hard to do with me because I'm such a a, a slow writer. And man, that was it. That was when my career really took off. So one of the things I've learned about about an editor's job is it's a lot more than just working with an author and a manuscript. You're also looking at scheduling. You're looking at covers. I mean, it's a big, and you're looking at finances. So it's a big job, isn't it? It's a fun job, though. And, um, you know, I think the most fun part is being your advocate in-house, you know, figuring out what's the best copy, what's the best way to present it to the sales department, um, how to get publicity excited and marketing excited. Like that's all part of the job too. It's not just reading. Um, a lot of people think that we sit at our desks and edit all day and, and we don't, we're like a little producer of your book. Yeah, I know that. Do you like when the first time you present a book, do you present it to other editors? Do you present it to sales? Let's say when you got my book, Dance Away With Me, when you got Dance Away With Me, when would you start talking to other people and advocating for me in-house with that book? We have a meeting called the editorial meeting where we present the books that we want to buy. Now, of course, Susan Elizabeth Phillips is an automatic buy. But it did come up at that meeting because those minutes go around to different departments. And when they see your name there, they get excited that a new Susan Elizabeth Phillips is coming. And then when the book is finished or close to being finished, that's when we um, launch the book in front of the other departments. Um, Mm -hmm. Sales, very key, publicity, marketing. So everybody gets a sense of, of what book is coming up. I remember with Dance Away With Me, I had a lot of trouble. Well, we both had a lot of trouble titling that book. And in desperation, I titled it The Runaways. And we were both lukewarm about it. And um, you took it to the sales department. And because there was a series called The Runaways, it was just too, it did speak to the book, but there were just too many books with that title out there. So then we were back to the drawing board. Um, do you have, uh, do you title books a lot yourself or do you mainly help authors title it? How does that whole titling process work with you? Well, hopefully it's kind of a dance. Um, hopefully authors come up with various ideas and then we can talk about them. The best titles come from inside the books, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes there's a phrase or, you know, an expression in a book and it it just really lends itself to a title. I guess, I guess it's an art, not a science. You really rely on your gut when it comes to titles and your gut is pretty good with that. I have got to say, I don't think it steers you wrong too often. 
I really rely on my gut for most things. Like even the way I respond to a manuscript, I try to look at it and I think, what would a reader think when they're reading this? Would they understand what motivates this person? Will they understand this turn of phrase? I mean, we've worked together so long. You know that I, I'm never the kind of editor who writes down the list of things you must do in your book. No, no. Uh-uh. I mostly just ask questions like, you know, why did you introduce this character? Are they important later? If not, do we need them? That kind of thing. Yeah. I remember uh, one of the calls I remember you made that was such a good one. When my book, Ain't She Sweet, came out. And, or when, when you got that manuscript, there was a lot in there about the heroine, Sugar Beth's relationship with her father. And you said very rightly, we need to see that at some point. And I remember going back, this was after the book was done, and writing this little flashback scene. It was it was only a couple pages, but thanks to your prodding, I felt like that scene just said it all. And it absolutely the book needed it. So you're you could see that right away. And you know, frankly, we authors we're so we're so enwrapped in that world and we've got this film strip playing in our head. You really need that outside viewpoint, right? Right. And, and I'm helped every day by my colleagues too, you know, even, even in isolation now, um, we still speak and we bounce ideas off each other, but going back to the manuscript, um, people that write for me know how often I write in the column show, don't tell. And that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what you're talking about right now is the relationship was what you needed to show us. All right. Now I have one criticism of your editing. Are you ready for this? Your handwriting. (laughs) And this is coming from somebody whose handwriting is even worse than yours. That's (laughs) not true. Your handwriting is not worse than mine. I beg to differ. I like to think that I'm so wrapped up in the book that I can't concentrate on, on how I'm shaping the letters, but (laughs) (laughs) and this is when I usually call your assistant and they decipher for you. So you know, Carrie, they say that's a stroke of genius when you're a handwriter. <laughs> yeah, well then I'm really smart. So um talk about you did uh edit both Kathleen Woodowis and I think Joanna Lindsay later on in your career. Um I don't remember when Lindsay came in, but Woodowis, like when you first met her, of course we have lost her now, but she was founder of the modern historical romance. How, did you get tongue-tied? I mean, what, what was that like? I mean, it was kind of amazing because um, when I was first assigned to her, when I came to Avon, I flew down to Louisiana to spend a weekend with her. And she was just such a modest woman. Like, you know, you couldn't really get her to talk about um, this amazing career that she had. She she was just really interested in other people's stories. She was very interested in old films. And we we watched a bunch of them, I remember, um, back on the days of um, a videotape, no DVDs. Like we wa- I remember watching Rebecca with her. And then we, we talked about the characters in that. But when I tried to get her to really talk about like what inspired her, she, mm-hmm. she just, she couldn't really articulate it. She could write it, but she couldn't really explain what it was. And, but what she did was really magical. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, and I kind of understand that sometimes we have to have other people interpret what we've done. Uh, and I kind of get that. So 
you you mentioned using uh, in terms of looking for, you know figuring out what kind of books you're going to buy i know that um that you're drawn to this looking into another world and i know you rely on your gut is there anything more you want to say about that whole mystery of how you acquire a book decide to acquire it i mean honestly i think for everyone the most significant part of a book is voice like if you pick up a book by an author that you love and you open the first page and you start reading, you're like, yes, I remember this voice. I, I, I feel comfortable in this voice. I know where they're taking me is someplace I want to go. Um, as you probably know, I like books that surprise me. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've read a lot. And I love to find, you know, somebody who does something that just shocks me. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I mean, <laughs> that's hard to pull off, but, and I love people who can write vivid scenes, you know, really great dialogue. And, uh, you know, Susan, you're great at that. I, I still remember the opening of Nobody's Baby But Mine. I, you know, you're almost breathless as you're doing it because the woman has so much chutzpah. You can't even believe it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I like books that are vivid. And they can be mysteries, they can be romance, they can be all sorts of things. Um, and you have some wonderful writers that you work with now. You want to tell us who some of them are? Some of them are my really good friends, I know. Some of the commercial writers that I work with are Meg Cabot, Eloisa James, Sarah McLean, Sally Thorne, Lenora Bell. Those are the ones, the um, sort of romance, commercial romance writers that you work with, I know. And um, you've got some some really wonderful suspense writers, too. Yeah, I've worked with Laura Littman since her very first book, and I'm very, very proud of her and mm-hmm. stayed together all these years because she's amazing. And she has a book of essays coming out later this summer. It's really good. Fabulous. She lives a very interesting life. Um, um you know, a book I was supposed to have come out this summer was by Sunny Hostin, who is one of the um, the hosts of The View. She wrote a novel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that postponed or is that still coming out? It's postponed. But uh-huh. but she's working on her second book, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah. So um, I got to ask this question okay. because I always I wonder about people. it. I forgot people like Faye Kellerman and Deborah Crombie and... Um, Oh, I didn't know you had edited Deborah Crombie. You didn't? No, I didn't know that. (laughs) Good job. And and I just did a memoir with um, Cassandra Conroy King. Yes. Yeah. So so many exciting books and exciting authors. I have a lot of really great, talented people that I work with, and I feel lucky every day. And right now, I feel very lucky to be able to work at home and do my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we leave, I have to ask you, there's this amazing book called Dance Away With Me. What do you love so much about this book, which might be my book that's coming out in June? <laughs> I, Susan, I always love how you can take these characters that really like, they seem like they're oil and water and they'll never, ever They'll never mesh. It'll just never work out. But somehow you make them work out. 
I love the the fact that my readers seem to be so willing to go back and forth with me between the the Chicago Stars books, which they love, and then these standalone books, which kind of fuel me and give me the energy and maybe let me write another Stars book if I have the you know the proper idea. Right. I, I just I think you have to admit it, right? Of all your authors, I have the best readers in the whole world, right? <laughs> the Seppies are pretty amazing. They support you. They are wild for this book. And, you know, Susan, we've worked on this book such a long time. I feel like it's been under wraps for about a year. I mean, yeah, I know. It's taken I know. such a long time to share it with other people. Not, yeah. And, you know, hard I, is you can read something wonderful and you want to press it into everyone's hand right away. And it doesn't happen because it takes, no. it takes a while to, to find the right time. Yeah, that, that's perfect, so true. It's a perfect summer book. People will love it. Um, it has some interesting things that you've never done before. And I, I, I don't know. I love these characters. I especially love um, your heroine here and, and how, yeah. she moves, yeah. how she moves to the mountains to try and get over something. Oh, don't we all want to do that sometime? Well, I feel um, that's actually my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I happen to know that in your life, one of the things you do, well, you do a couple of things amazingly well. You're kind of a Martha Stewart. I mean, you, you cook beautifully and you have this amazing garden that you have um forced your husband into manual labor to build this incredible <laughs> garden. Um, and, and I know that you really love surrounding yourself with beauty. One of our favorite things to do, you and me, is when we get a chance is just to go into art yeah. museums. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, all true. it's all true. And don't forget the bees. I forgot about the bees. I, I have three hives this year. I'm very excited about it. And in fact, one of my authors, Dorothea Benton Frank, passed away last year and she had a beehive in her book that was pink. So one of my hives is pink this year. I saw that. That was that was so touching. That was so touching. Well, Carrie, I really, really appreciate you uh, letting me turn the questions on you this time. I think it's just fascinating to um, understand more about your job. And this is a chance for me to give you a public thank you for holding my hand for so many years, <laughs> helping me through all of my writer's neuroses. We got another book coming out soon between the two of us. You're going to get another one after that. And um, I, it's just a privilege and a pleasure to work with you. So, Susan, you're one of my dearest friends. You're not just, you know, someone I work with. You're one of my very dearest friends. And I'm so excited to share this book with your fans. It's going to be great. Oh, thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.